Welcome to another episode of Junior Achievement of South Florida's Recipe for Success. Just as there are no two recipes that contain the exact same ingredients or measurements, there are no two success stories exactly the same. Recipe for Success features entrepreneurs, visionary leaders, and innovators of all ages who will share the ingredients that make them successful. Here's your host, Lori Salarulo, President and CEO of Junior Achievement of South Florida. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to JA's Recipe for Success. Thank you for joining us for today's episode. As you know, you know we use the show as a way of uh, building a platform around leadership and entrepreneurship uh, and community advocates and, and showing you and all of you how you can get involved in the community, but also how to build your leadership skills, what makes people successful. Um, and so all of those ingredients to their success are things that we can learn from. And I know I have learned tremendously from, from all of our guests. Today's guest is no different. I, I've just had the good fortune of meeting him today uh, in person. We have communicated through LinkedIn, which is a great tool to get connected. Um, and But I am so proud to have him. And the truth be told, I chased him down for a really long time. So I'm really thrilled to have him here. And so please help me welcome Jason Jenkins, Senior Vice President of Communications and Community Affairs for the Miami Dolphins and the Hard Rock Stadium. So thank you so much for finally saying yes. No, the, thanks so much for your persistence and communication. And I'm proud to be on, excited to be on to talk about some of the things we're doing. Uh, you got, I t you know, look, you and I, I, I think, like I said, we're competing on LinkedIn uh, for who's doing more posting and sharing and, and great things. I just love following what you're doing. Um, it's inspiring what you're doing in the community. But I've also been so impressed, and I, and I truly mean that. You know, I'm a, I'm a business leadership guru. I love this stuff. And I belong to a Vistage group and work with so many CEOs. So when I watch um, an organization uh, bring strategic, you know, new ideas and pivoting, as you know, I know everybody's using that term, but guys have done an amazing job of that uh, in a really tough time for the sports industry. So I definitely want to touch on some of that, but I would love for, for some of our viewers to get to know a little bit about you, a little bit more about your journey, share a little bit with me, you know, did you always know you wanted to be in the sports world? Did you always know you wanted to be in communications? How'd you get there? Uh, it, it's interesting. I grew up in uh, Houston, Texas in a, in a sports and education environment. Uh, my father was a former professional football player, C.L. Whittington for the Houston Oilers. My mother, uh, Mary Clay, was a school counselor and an educator. So sports and education was always in my background, not really knowing that you can have a career off of it. Uh, growing up in Texas, sort of like Florida in terms of uh, a football hotbed and enthusiasm. So I, obviously I grew up wanting to play for the Houston Oilers uh, during that time and growing up. But uh, I really thought that uh, the only way to be a pathway was to be a player or a coach. Uh, went out to uh, Texas Tech University, majored in journalism, always loved to read, write, communicate with others. And through there, uh, working in the Black Student Association, we had a conference with an associate athletic director, and, it, and I finally learned about athletic administration, having a passion for that. So uh, my goal coming out of college was to be an athletic director. So I went from Texas Tech to Lehigh University, completely different environment, you know, than Texas, seeing snow for the first time, seeing deer, seeing different types of animals, but different than Texas. And then uh, I got an opportunity to go from uh, Lehigh University to Houston, Texas, back at Texas Southern University. From there, I got an opportunity to go to San Francisco to work for the 49ers and then came here and um, came here with the Miami Dolphins. So athletic director was my initial goal coming out of uh, 
uh, college, but uh, having the ability to be flexible, using my journalism background to be in communications and really had a chance or opportunity here in Miami to learn and grow to where I am today. I love it. You know, and I know you know this, Junior Achievement is, is you know, one of our core pillars is, is exposing young people to the careers that are out there in the different industries, right? Because the research shows they only know five to eight. Right. And so many of our young people, especially our young men, want to go into the sports and athletic field. They have no idea, Jason, right, of the plethora of jobs that are out there in, in the athletics and sports industry. And so that's why this is so exciting for me, too, to have you, because our, our high school students who are in our entrepreneurial and career bound program get to hear these these videos. And so I think it's great for them. And we'll have to get you to maybe do a session with them on talking about the different careers in there. But. You also mentioned something else that I thought was interesting. You know, it's funny. I think young people think that we start out, they see us as older people. Notice mm -hmm. I said older people. And they 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 think we, we were popped out this way, right? You know, that this is where we were. But, you know, our, our careers take different paths. And you mentioned that your goal was to be an athletic director. And yet here you are in a, in, you're still in athletics and, in, and sports, but you, your career path and your goal took a turn. Right. Uh, that's absolutely right. And, and to your point, it's all about, you know, exposure and just learning and, and knowing things, especially when I talk to kids all the day, youth, uh, people that are in, in high school, going to college or college, uh, you know, freshmen and younger people. It's like you're further ahead of me than what I was at your age. because I didn't even know this field existed. I didn't know about sports as a business, sports as entertainment, you know, et cetera. So I think being a continuous learner, being flexible and just being open up to new experiences and and for me in Houston, I was one of the few people in my uh, high school class, in my peer group, that kind of left Houston and went out. So getting the chance to go to Texas Tech University, about a 12 hour drive away, opened me up to new experiences. And with that, able to go to Pennsylvania, you know, with a completely different, completely different mindset. San Francisco was different in Miami. And now I think being, being able to be open, adaptable, going to new experiences, but also just being flexible can kind of get you where you need to be. Because there's no one path to get to anything. But I do one thing, one thing I've always talked about is being flexible and being open to new opportunities. Yeah, absolutely. I think you're so right. You know, listen, the last thing I thought was I would have ended up in the nonprofit field. I was in corporate and advertising and and marketing and finance was my other my other passion. And who if somebody would have told me, you know, 25 years ago I was going to be a nonprofit, I would have said, what's nonprofit? Right. Even though I had done work in organizations, right. I didn't really understand that there were jobs in nonprofit, right? To your point. And so I think it's really interesting. And, and you're right. So, you know, those skills that you talk about, Jason, flexibility, adaptability, being open to new opportunities. You know, I look at what's happening in our world today, right? And people being out of jobs. And there are industries that are really struggling. Through this time, right, we look at the hospitality and travel industry. You look at the airlines, right, uh, re uh, retail. Um, you know, so many of them are going through changes. So, so many people have been laid off or furloughed. And then there are so many industries that are doing well right now, right? Uh, the, the home improvement, construction, technology, mm -hmm. marketing, those companies are doing great. And so while you might not, and this is what we try to share with our kids, you might not have the technical skills, but if you've got those transferable skills and the right behaviors and attitudes, right, that openness that you talked about, so important to transfer to a new industry. Do you find, have, have you found that through your, as you've gone through your career and worked with other young people? Absolutely. I mean, you always have to, and, and I think the cool thing about me is, uh, for what I've been able to learn is I've been in a small, a smaller 
quote-unquote college environments, uh, both Lehigh and Texas Southern University. I learned a great deal, got a chance to grow, but there were one double A schools and smaller type schools. And so yet we had to do a lot of things. And so when it came to, when I had the opportunity to work in San Francisco, I was, I looked at it in a different perspective than maybe some, some, because I had to be flexible, adaptable, because we weren't the big fish in, you know, in the pond. So getting the chance to San Francisco and Miami, my approach is how do you show value? And I think that's, that's the main thing in anything that you do is that you have to make these decisions when people look at job performance, job, job functions how can you show value within your organization and and do a lot of different things and, and have the ability to communicate and deal with a lot of different people because in our communications field you know we we're like sort of like the middle person for the communications aspect from the coaches the owners the media with all different goals and all different agendas same thing when you talk about the community especially a community that's diverse in south florida you go 15 minutes in a different direction it's a whole different culture or lifestyle it's you know everything associated with that so I think, again, I think the willingness to be open, the willingness to be able to communicate and work with different types of people and having a clear goal of what you're trying to set, well, you know, will serve you right in pretty much any field that you uh, try to embark upon. Yeah, so important. I love that. How to show value. You know, I had a conversation with somebody this morning. I was mentioning with you, uh, for somebody from the New York Jets, and we were talking about. Boo, boo, boo. I know, I know. Listen, I, I'm from New York. But my, I'm a season ticket holder for the Dolphins. Just saying. Um, uh, and we're really looking forward to to uh, the season coming back. But, uh, you know, I think the part about showing value, I mean, that is so important in anything you do, right? We were talking about sponsorships and how do I create value, right, for our storefront sponsors with the kids not in the building for the next couple of months, right? How do you show value to your fans and your season ticket holders and your corporate sponsors, right? When there's no games going on and the stadium's closed, right? So you have done that as an organization really, really well. Um, and that I was excited to talk to you about this today. As I watch you on LinkedIn, not only, of course, am I just blown away by the work that you're doing in the community, which we'll talk about in a little bit, but I am just so impressed by the way the organization and the team has pivoted, right? I, I know everybody's using that word, but you know, looking for those new opportunities, as you said, right? And capturing and and you know, and jumping on them and saying, okay, we can do this. Talk about some of those initiatives and the leadership behind that. Well, it starts with the leadership of our vice chairman, Tom Garfinkel. He's one of the most innovative people that I've been around. And always pushed us to uh, to you know try and experience new things and look at things from different perspectives. I think at the beginning, uh, when the pandemic first hit, people talked you know job furloughs, job layoffs, etc. Uh, Tom's uh, role was like, how can we show again value? What can we do as an organization to keep people employed, but also show we can provide value? So one of the things that we've had for those who have been to the stadium, we have one of the giant biggest screens you know in sports you know outside. It was uh, part of the stadium renovation several years ago. And also part a great thing that was for a Miami Open when that moved from Key Biscayne to the stadium as well. And so thought of the idea, you know, what if what if we use this to watch, you know, movies? You know, this this could be a great opportunity. And right now people need those you while they're inside, they still need those human connections. And so how can we do that in a way that's both socially distanced but also socially present to build those connections right now when people aren't leaving their homes? So the idea to do the drive in, drive up movie theater within the stadium. A unique experience who wouldn't want to watch a classic miami dolphins game or, or a great movie you know in you know in the actual stadium and provide that unique opportunity outside yeah. uh being able to do that as well too using our video screens so this a lot a lot of our staff worked on that it was a collaborative effort led by tom 
but then you turn around and you're employing people from the community that that that's uh, serving as you know game day services staff, people in center plate are our, our, our food and beverage provider. So it was something that building an ecosystem that can support people in these times, but also giving our fans some human connections that will take them further away. And that and also led into our stadium uh, renovation and innovation, having 13,000 uh, fans in the stands. So those are test runs that were able to give us confidence and able to give the city and the county confidence. So when we were trying to play football again, we had the confidence in knowing that we would try to agree create the, the healthiest and safest environment possible, but also, again, providing jobs and opportunities for our community. Yeah, what a great idea that was. You know, we, we weren't able to get to, to any of them and we wanted to, um, but I know people who did go and they just love the experience. Um, and so, um, I don't know, maybe you'll bring that back again. You know, maybe it won't be. Yeah, I, I think it's one of those things that you, you saw, I don't wanna say stumble upon because that was actually Tom's, uh, you know, vision. But now this is something that we're going to look to try to you know continue to do during the year. It's, it's something that's also it's turned into something for us, and it's something that we wouldn't think about before. But again, trying to be creative and innovative, it yields these type of results. Yeah, and I think you're so right. You know, you you mentioned that the stadium was a resource, right? Um, and so using your resources, you know, yes, we still want to stay true to our missions, right? But at the same time. There are ways to use our resources to make sure that people stay engaged with the organization, right? So part of the mission, keeping them connected to you and to football and all that. And, you know, we, we're very fortunate. We have the largest JA facility in the world. And we, we sat down and said the same thing. Okay, we're still doing virtual and digital education around financial literacy and entrepreneurship and workforce readiness. But here we have this building that we're not, is not going to be used. How can we help the community? And so two things, we ran our youth employment while everybody else canceled their youth employment programs. We put 52 kids into jobs right there, used it as like a WeWork or whatever they call those places. And the kids came to JA every day and worked with 52 businesses uh, virtually, right? Or remotely. So that was awesome. And that, like you said, wow, they're so well aligned, gave us a chance to run through some of the, the kinks, right? And get that all worked out. And then we decided to open our facility as a remote learning center when the school said, we're not, we're not taking kids back in. So many families had to go back to work or have to work from home and couldn't do it, right? And we didn't want children left home alone. We didn't want children going out on the streets. This would have been a much bigger community issue. And so we've, we've taken the risks, right? It was calculated risks. We think the rewards are greater, just to your point, of figuring out how to do it as best as possible. Right. You still run the risk that somebody could get get sick. So um, I love what you're doing. And I was, it was so easy to relate to it. Let's talk a little bit about, um, you know, Jason for a second. And you know, we talked a lot about the organization being able to pivot. You know, have you had um, mentors in your life? Because I know that you are a mentor to young people. Um, but how important has that been in your life? It, 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 start, it started with, you know, what my parents have said, a great example for me, like they were both educators. So uh, both, you know, both coaches in, in their own right. So having the ability to mentor patients, seeing how you deal with different types of people, and they kind of carry me forward. And I always try to emulate uh, their lead. In, uh, in college, uh, Dr. Alfonso Scandrick Jr., he was a associate athletic director uh, that I met at Texas Tech when, I, when we did our conference. And I sort of saw him and saw what I could achieve, you know, potentially achieve, you know, by following his footsteps. Uh, Joe Sterrett, Elia University, you know, a, a great, you know, a great leader uh, brought me in, you know, you know, taught me, give me books to read, you know, give me advice, advice, you know, as well. And then really, you know, Tom here 
uh, you know, with the Dolphins. I mean, he's been an amazing mentor, leader, visionary, and so in his lead. But if I, I look at uh, Kirk Reynolds, who was my boss at San Francisco, uh, one of the most straightforward, learned a lot about the communications, about treating people, about responding, uh, you know, the, the people and working with different media, and, and also Tony Wiley as well, who's now uh, one of the presidents with, a, with Special Olympics. And so it's been there's been a lot of people. And I think that's what me and also what I would impress upon your listeners is that no one gets to where they're going to be, you know, by themselves. And so you have to be open, collaborative. And when the time and opportunity comes, you have to be ready for it, but also learning, learning from other people. So, uh, it, it, you know, it's that takes a village, you know, mindset. There's been a lot of people that, have, you know, that have shaped me. Those are some of the names off the top of my head that I can remember. But there's been a lot of other people that's been yeah. really instrumental in my success. Yeah, so important. And I think you're right about the collaboration and the partnership, right? You know, that saying it takes a village. You know, it's no joke, especially during these times. I think, you know, finding ways to collaborate with organizations. You know, we partnered with the Early Learning Coalition on our Books, Bucks and Backpacks um, campaign to bring reading literacy and financial literacy. And then we brought the healthcare piece into that as well, right? That is not a partnership that would have happened in the normal times. But since if we were doing it around financial literacy, why not make it all inclusive, right? So it was a great way. And then we brought in the food people. I saw what you were doing. I was like, oh, I need to get the food in here. Um, but it was really was a great need. And so we partnered with, you know, Feeding South Florida and, and a couple of the others um, to bring the food in while we were giving out the financial literacy information right into the low income areas. Because I, I truly believe that, um, you know, and listen, we hear these stories with players all the time. They make great money and they do great things and then they end up with nothing. Yeah. Right. So financial literacy and making sure that you know how to manage your money, you know, and and hold on to what you what you accumulate. Right. And build it is so important, especially today in this whole, you know, in the, in the racial inequalities that we have and the community inequalities. There is for sure divides in so many different areas. And so for us, it's about that. And, and, and I want to talk a little bit about that, because most recently, as I've been following you on LinkedIn, you're doing a lot of uh, presentations around that, being on some podcasts and virtual shows. Talk a little bit about uh, that is it, as a, from a personal perspective as well as from an organizational perspective. Well, like I said, on a, on a personal level, uh, you know, my father was, as I said before, a former professional football player with the Houston Oilers, and he was. It was those are the, those are the days where like he had to have a second job. You know, he was he was living his dream. You know, playing professional football, but he, he was coaching, doing other things, you know, as well to supplement that. So I've always, he's always had that mindset that people, when you talk about having an education, especially if you look to be a pro athlete, oh, well, something to fall back on. He was like, no, that's something that you, that you need to do all the time because you need education all the time. So he, he had, he had a, a master's degree from Premier A&M University. My mother uh, got her master's degree, you know, as well from there. And I remember uh, she doesn't remember this, but I remember when she would bring me to class. Was probably probably couldn't do this right now, but she would go and I was sitting in the back and kind of and kind of see that uh, and kind of know through osmosis sort of that you know the, the importance of education. I remember my father when he was doing game plans for games like at two three o'clock in the morning, sitting on his couch, you know, looking them there. So I was fortunate enough again to have good examples of that. But also, even you talk about professional players, it, it is the same thing. It, there's some sober statistics in terms of uh, the amount of financial uh, challenges that people have for it. And, and that's another great thing. We have a director of player engagement, uh, Caleb Thornhill, supported by our owner, Stephen Ross. And we have a player, we have a player business combine. So 
just the, just from what they learn on the field and through the coaches, et cetera. They do the same thing off the field in terms of having internships, externships, learning about business plans, learning about your post-career while you have it. And I think that's one of the cool things that's been unique about this organization is that we're also trying to win championships and be the best, you know, on the field. But we have a true heart and care about our player development, you know, off. And that's one of the things that trying to care about continuing education while you're still playing, I think, is important as well. You can never lose sight of, uh, of education and, and, and don't take for granted uh, that these things aren't aren't came in the drop of the hat. Yeah, so agree. You know, it's interesting. You talked about um, I love that the holistic approach right to to the players uh, to uh, and and I want to bring that over to your team a little bit. Right. Um, what have you been doing, um, you know, with your team? Communications has changed so much over the last few years. Right. And I mean, you know, the, the old standard press release. You know, it's, it's different, right? Does it does it really work? I don't know. You know, that's not my specialty area, but I know that I, I'm not sure that it gets the same visibility as it did before, right? So how do you create awareness? Um, and I think I know part of that answer because that's where I get to know a lot about you and the Dolphins, right? But how are you and your team creating that holistic awareness around the Dolphins and, and what's in the organization? Well, I think to your point, and we follow your lead, you know, we see all the work you, you've done on LinkedIn and sort of emulated that in terms of reaching out to people uh, that are so segmented, you know, you know, in these populations. So we uh, have the ability, we hit it different ways. I mean, obviously we have good relationships and try to maintain good relationships with our reporters, local local media. We, we have social media that we use as well, too. And there's different strategies that we use for Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, TikTok, you know, et cetera, and also their community targets. So. I think now this whole world is uh, so interconnected and so segmented. There's there's different ways to try to, to try to reach them, and, and LinkedIn has been a tool that we've actually just made intentional uh, recently in terms of trying to continue to tell our story on there. Uh, there's different social media platforms as well, but and and there's also podcasts. There's there information. So we 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 try to use as much as we can target it, but in a way to try to reach the uh, different segments of the population. And as I talked about before. But the diversity of South Florida, that, that's that's quite a, uh, you know, a road to go. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I, I see you on every podcast there is. So uh, you're doing an amazing job of that. Um, and you're a great advocate and face of the, of the organization. Um, you know, I think it's really interesting because I, oh, by the way, you and I have a lot in common. We're going to have to do a virtual coffee. So mm-hmm. I come from a sports background. Father played professional baseball. My mom was a teacher who I sat, well, you sat in the back of the room, I sat on the front in the desk, right? And I, <laughs> right on the front, right? Right on the desk. And then my dad was a dean of students and started baseball leagues and all. So he was a coach, oh. like your dad. Um, so education, right? Same thing, grew up and all of that, but just such a similar background. So one day we're going to have to uh, do, do some notes on that. But sure. I know one thing, having... Um, a, a parent as a coach, right? One of the things my dad always said, he was extremely competitive, right? And that's what made him good, right? He was a pitcher for the Detroit Tigers. And he um, he always said to me, if you're going to step on that field, get be ready to give 110% or don't get on the field. Absolutely. Right? And so talk a little bit about that. And I think the interesting part of that is, is, for me, that's who I am because that's what I saw, right? That was the example, as you put it. 
But I think it's really interesting that sometimes building a team who has that same competitive edge, right? And that same, I'm not getting on this field unless I'm going to do, right? Do my best. How do you build a team around that, right? From your dad, what did you learn about that? I think that's one of the challenges, by the way, as a leader. Yeah, I, I, I think it's just all like the different the different personalities. And, you know, for me, it was interesting, you know, coming from uh, where I grew up in Missouri City, Texas, uh, it was a predominantly African-American, you know, environment. I really didn't see people that were different than me other until I went to college. And so, but but also I got a chance to work, uh, you know, with my dad when he worked with summer camp. So I got a chance to glimpse some other people. But I think uh, having, being, you know, apprehensive a little first, being around, you know, other types of people, but also understanding I could compete on that same level, you know, mm-hmm. when we get out there. And it's also one thing uh, is that, you know, obviously my, my goal was to be a professional football player at Texas Tech University. I was on the football team, but I didn't play a lot. You know, I wasn't as good as like Zach Thomas, who was on, on the team during that time. It was obviously that people know him as the Dolphins great, which he is, and should be a Hall of Famer, which we're hoping to hear soon. But, you know, I kind of took that failure of not making professional football uh, to heart in terms of like now this opportunity I have now, I have to make sure I'm putting everything into it. I felt I might have been putting it into it before and, and working hard, but it didn't work out. But like, OK, this is this is because one, and when your playing career is done, you know, it's done. There's no going back. Uh, yeah. You know, I'm mean, 45 years old. So it was, it was like I can go back and put on uh, the pads, you know, down, you know, down here on, on the first floor of the building where I'm in right now. So when, when that finality of that ended, I said, okay, well, I didn't achieve that. I'm, I'm going to achieve what I need to achieve next. And I think that's sort of like the mindset uh, with that, that I learned the physical, the mental toughness, overcoming adversity, dealing with others, you know, reliability, et cetera. The things that I, I had to take an honest assessment of things that I didn't do here. And what do I have to do now to be able to do that? So that's always been sort of something in the back of my mind uh, that's been a, a driver for me. And just kind of, you know, that kind of the hair on the back. Well, I say the hair on the back of your head, but now I'm doing the hair, hair on the back of your neck. But, uh, that would keep you, uh, you know, going at night to kind of give you that drive. Yeah, I love that. Two really important things, you know, the mindset. And I was going to actually ask you about a time that, you know, maybe things didn't go as well as they did. And I think that's what, you know, for, for young people today, I mean, I have two children of my own, you know, that confidence level. Right. And I just sometimes I hear the way they talk to themselves. Right. Um, and, and that's what, you know, part of why I love what we do. Right. It's about building that confidence and showing them that you can build a company from the ground up because they do it. Right. And so it's just truly uh, for me, you can tell I, I get so excited about it. It's mm-hmm. transformative. It truly is to watch these young people see what they are capable of. And so and you talked about that, right, having that mindset of getting that, you know, you can get through that adversity. And then the other thing I love, love, love self-assessment. Right. We have to be honest with ourselves because if we're not or, and we have to take it when people are honest with us. And, you know, I always, my, my daughter went to a boarding school for a year. She was going through some things. And one of the things that they were very grounded around values and stuff. And one of the values was about if the shoe fits, wear it. Right. And so when, if you tell me, you know, this is really the something that you need to work on or however you tell me, I need to be able to step back and say, okay, right. Is that true? And does the shoe fit? And if it does, right, what can I do? To, to help that and what can I do to improve it? And if it doesn't fit, right, not to hang on to it and just say, okay, you know, I I hear what you're saying and I see that you feel that way, but 
I, I don't really think that's where I am. So, you know, being able to be honest with ourselves is so important. So I am, um, I'm going to read back some of your ingredients, which I think are just make for an amazing recipe uh, for success. And it's no wonder to see what you're doing. Um, you know, and I, again, I, I didn't go into deeply around your work in the community because if, if people are on LinkedIn, uh, they can see what you're doing. Good things. I know all around the meals and, and food. Uh, I know that you're working very much around uh, education. Is there anything else in the community? So those are the two big focuses for all of you. It, it's, it's, it's about health, education and using our platform to unite you know, the community. We talk about diversity and inclusion. Uh, one thing with the meal program, uh, a thousand meals a day that our owner Stephen Ross is uh, committed to out of our rec stadium for, for, from June 1 of this year to for a 12 month period because we wanted to really impact the community, have some consistency. One of the great things that we're doing as well as part of that, we also pay for uh, food from minority owned businesses to impact the community as well. So, Center Plate has been a great provider for us uh, through our stadium distribution, but we also want to make sure we're in the community. And, because of COVID-19, people that lost jobs, lost employees, been able to, you know, put their food on the table. We wanted to be able to provide opportunities for there. So if you go to dolphins.com backslash meals, you can learn more about it and get, and get involved. But I think that's one of the cool things is that we just weren't here. The dolphins look at what they're doing. We also want to use our, our platform and resources to empower the community as well. So important, so important. And, you know, I love, and, you know, you have the, the, the volunteer team uh, with the Dolphins. I mean, listen, you all have been, always been great uh, community partners and advocates and investors. And so, uh, you know, kudos. I think you, you set a, a really high bar for the other organizations in this community. And no matter what your organization has been going through, you, you stepped it up even more than what you did before, which I think is truly the sign of, of an organization of leaders, right? So, so congratulations, because great job on that. So mm -hmm. some great ingredients, right? Talking about um, being flexible, right? And, and understanding that sometimes, right, being open to the opportunities, even when we didn't think that was the way it was going to go, and experiences, adaptability. I love this one. I put a star next to it. How to show value. I, I really like that one. Uh, communication, innovation. It starts with the leaders, right? So it's your team, all the people you're, you're influencing as a leader. You know, pivoting the, the stories that you shared about what the organization's been doing uh, and finding a way to use your resources in a strategic way. Mentoring, you mentioned several mentors that made a difference in your life. And I know, again, that you're, you're also an influence on some young people. Uh, being collaborative, right, and partnerships, so important right now. Um, that holistic approach to everything that we do, putting everything you have into something, um, and making sure, right, that our mindset is one that is, you know, prepared. We're prepared to get through the adversity. And then, of course, self-assessment. Um, really good recipe there. It's really funny because when I read these back to people, and when we were doing the shows in the building, I had a whiteboard, and I would hold it up, and they'd be like, wow, I didn't even, like, that's good stuff. I didn't even know I was doing all that, right? <laughs> I didn't even see it all written down, right? Um, it's the makings of your book, because I say, you know, here, I'm going to give you the ingredients, now go write the book. Um, but the one thing I always ask at the end is, what is Jason Jenkins' main ingredient to success? 
I would just say being a continuous, you know, learner and always being uh, a, a dogged person in terms of trying to get knowledge and education because it's 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 out there. I think we have to discern, you know, the, the amount of you know content you consume. But I think the key to anything is just being a continuous learner and learn from your mistakes, learn from other people's mistakes, learn from their successes, learn from their failures, and always again looking at yourself and seeing what you can do, you know, better. But I think continuous learning is, is the top of, of my list. Oh, that's a great one. Yep. Uh, I, I told you I'm a junkie when it comes to all this stuff. But um, and again, I, I, I can't tell you how how privileged I feel um, to have had you here today and be able to share this. Literally, I'm not kidding. We, we Our lives. It's really funny because you even mentioned, you know, being with your dad and going to these community type things. My dad being Adidas students, right? I would go on outbound trips. I was a little white girl in the group and, and all of these people. And I don't mean that. I mean, I'm not being you know bad about being being whatever i am but my point is it was the reverse and i got to understand that not everybody lived life the same way right and and understanding that wow these people are cool these kids were cool they they like adopted me and and it was the best experience for learning and growing up and so there's so many similarities in our life i'm not kidding we have to do virtual coffee so um, i would love that and uh but i want to thank you again for being with us thank you for all that the dolphins are doing in our communities for what you're doing personally because you're out there at most of these things and that's a real testament to a true leader um, and just keep up the amazing work that you're doing. And I'm looking forward to seeing you at the first Dolphins game. Absolutely. No, thank you. Thank you for this opportunity and platform. We really appreciate everything that, that you're doing as well, too. I mean, it's been amazing following you and uh, you know, looking at the relationship that JA, JA has as well. Well, thank you. Thank you. And thanks to everyone who watched us today. Thank you. We we love when you're here with us and, and we hope that you learned so much from Jason's recipe. Uh, our next show will be featuring Danielle Rossi, who is the founder and owner of Oceans 234. Amazing uh, young woman who has, has built her future, uh, her, her career in the restaurant business and very involved in the community. So looking forward to having her. Jason, thank you again. Everybody have an amazing weekend. Take care.